0: get your Bibles open to the book of Romans chapter 12. Come on, dig in there. Get your Bibles open. Romans 12. We're going to jump into God's Word. Anybody around here love the Word of God? Come on, I do too. So get your Bibles, Bible apps open. Romans 12, verse 1. We're going to be diving into this in just a second. I've got a lot of scripture today. Make sure you get some notes out and write a few things down uh, as you get ready for the message today. Also just let you know next Sunday is Father's Day but around here it's more of a man day and that's uh that, that's that's kind of my attitude toward Father's Day it's for men and i and if you're a man be here next Sunday uh ladies if there's a man in your life you drag him here i mean just just like bribe him get him here on Sunday uh, I, I have a message I've been working on for a while, and it's called the countercultural man. The countercultural man. See, there's a challenge for men in today's culture. Uh, the, the challenge is is that, that uh, manhood and even masculinity is in the process of being redefined by the culture, which is really interesting because actually God's word gives clarity regarding this already. And there's a new standard that's being set up for men, and it is veering sharply from what the Word of God actually says. So this is a message about men, for men, and it's going to challenge you, men, and it's going to lift you up. It's going to encourage you, too. And uh, some of you, a lot of people, a lot of men in today's culture feel like something's wrong with them because the culture is redefining masculinity. In fact, there's a new term that's out there, some new verbiage, which they used to say, toxic masculinity now i'm hearing it masculinity is toxic that's actually a lie from hell and we're going to deal with that next sunday anybody want to hear something on that it's time for men to be men it's time for men to be men so this is going to be a strong word of encouragement regarding how men as believers can deal with the craziness that's in today's culture all right well currently i'm in a series called the power of sacrifice uh This whole theme of sacrifice is dominant in the scriptures from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the very end of the Bible. Sacrifice is one of the key words that we see everywhere in the scriptures. Uh, The word sacrifice actually means this it means to kill, (laughs) it means to kill or to slaughter with a purpose. Now, that's nothing we necessarily like to hear, but it's true. That's what it is. It means to kill or slaughter with a purpose. And so this series, we've talked about four different areas of sacrifice. We've talked about the blood sacrifice, which in the Old Testament, it was animals. Jesus Christ became the blood sacrifice for us. We continue to practice that in a certain way, and that is through Holy Communion. That's why Jesus said you're supposed to do this until I return. And then there's a second uh, type of sacrifice that we've been talking about. That was the sacrifice of our lips, which is worship and praise. That's when we actually verbalize our praise to God. Third type of sacrifice is the sacrifice of our lives. That's where we move away from worldliness and praise. And we, we renew our minds. We renew our minds so we don't think according to the patterns of the world anymore. And it, it's a sacrifice for us to do that. The fourth way, uh, fourth type of sacrifice is the sacrifice of your loot, which is your possessions, what you have. Because you might say it belongs to you, yeah, but it's stewarded to you for you to uh-huh. utilize, for, to bless others and to bless God's kingdom. And the fifth type of sacrifice that I see dominant in the Bible, and this is the final one, is today's message, which is called the sacrifice. Of your love. Say the sacrifice of your love. That's it. Love, 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 love here. So, I, in, in preparing this, I, uh, I, I, I just looked up a little bit to see what the culture is saying or to see what psychology is saying. And I was really surprised because even the psychologists are saying that when a person loves, Sacrificially, when they love sacrificially, that it changes everything about them. It changes personal happiness. It causes them to bust stress. It causes them to ease anxiety. It causes you to take better care of yourself. And it actually helps you to live longer. So even the, even, uh, the, the culture itself, our own psychologists are saying, when you do sacrificial love, something happens in you, something happens to you, which causes you to become more vibrant in many ways. And, uh, and more than that, though, I think even more important than that is it's foundational to Christianity. It really is the outworking of our faith. It's how we live it out. So, look in Romans chapter number 12. Uh, Paul wrote this to Christians in the ancient city of Rome, and this was the headquarters of the world at that time. It's kind of the world capital. Uh, Rome was was uh, was running everything at that time, and there was a group of Christians there. Paul had started a church there in Rome, and we find out we even heard. If if you read the scriptures, you'll see and you'll hear that that uh, that even some of of uh, the household of Caesar were Christians, so they were a part of this church as well. It's an incredible church that God raised up in the center of influence in the, the world at that time. But Romans chapter 12 verse one, I want you to look at this, and look at these first two verses here, first of all. It says, "I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living. what? Sacrifices. That's right. Offer your body as a living sacrifice that means. TO KILL OR SLAUGHTER WITH A PURPOSE, HOLY AND PLEASING TO GOD, THIS IS YOUR TRUE AND PROPER WORSHIP. SO, THIS WHOLE THING OF SACRIFICE, SACRIFICE OF OURSELVES, IS TRUE AND PROPER WORSHIP. KEEP LOOKING. HE SAYS, DO NOT CONFORM TO THE PATTERN OF THIS WORLD, BUT BE TRANSFORMED BY THE RENEWING OF YOUR MIND. NOW, WHAT IS THE PATTERN OF THIS WORLD? Well, we've we've taken a look at this already, but in 1 John chapter number 2, we find that the world's patterns are broken up into three different categories, which we call the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the three categories of the world, the worldly thinking that we have to break out of. And so the world's patterns, this is important for us to move forward, the world's patterns are not our patterns. See, Our patterns are the patterns of sacrificial Love. So now I'm going to continue reading through this uh, passage of Scripture. I'm going to pick up in Romans 12, verse 9. And so go down to that. And as I'm reading through this, I'm asking God that God will give you a spirit of revelation. Because I believe that there are going, there, there are going to be elements in here, like little, even little clauses and little verses that are going to jump out of you. They're, they're, they're going to come alive to you. And you'll be able to apply it directly to your life. All right? Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere ask god to give you a spirit of revelation on this hate we're actually told here to hate all right hate what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another in love honor one another above yourselves never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor that means be intense spiritually serving the lord Giving something to drink, in doing this you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, if we're going to be living sacrifices, as you saw in this last verse, verse nine, the verse uh, verse twenty-one, that we have to overcome evil, but we overcome evil a certain way. We overcome evil with. Good. We're in this battle. This is a spiritual battle that we're in, and uh, and we overcome the evil that's pressing in on our lives with good. It might seem, but that seems very very simple. <laughs> I mean, can't we just can't we use a different method? Actually, this is the best method right there. We defeat evil in our own hearts and our own lives through good. So so we're Christians, guys. We're Christians, right? So how do we defeat evil? Fundamentally, we defeat evil in us and around us through sacrificial love. This is, this is actually a foundation of spiritual warfare. I, I don't know how many of you have heard about spiritual warfare. I talk about it from time to time. But spiritual warfare is much, much, much more than yelling at a demon, saying, get out. (laughs) No, spiritual warfare is an action that foundationally, fundamentally, is where you live out your faith with love and with power, and you live this out in such a way that it pushes out evil, even from your own heart and your own life. And and so, so, essentially this. This is how it works. Wherever there's evil, and wherever there's evil in your own heart, your own life wherever that is, wherever you see that happening, you push it out, you expel it by doing the opposite. You expel it by doing the opposite. That's, that's key for this today. This is how a Christian defeats evil. So, how does the evil manifest in people's lives? Well, you can probably look, look at your own life. Not probably. I'm sure you can look at your own life. You can say, yeah, I see this and this and this in me, and it needs to be dealt with. Well, today you're going to get a strategy for how to deal with this. Now, Paul also talks about this. He, he talks about what it looks like as far as evil in the last days. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he says this. He says, people at the end of time will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, and shall we go on, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Now, this is a this is a list. It's not a complete list, but this is a list of what people in the culture are going to look like at the very end of time. It sounds like today. It just sounds like the people we run into every single day. Well, this scripture is actually prophetic. It speaks of the time that we live in right here. Therefore, we as believers have to be counter to this. We have to do things that are the opposite of that. So your life, ultimately, if you look, about, look at this, it can't be all about just looking out for number one. You can't be a lover of money. You can't love what the world loves. You, your, your love for God and your love for other people has to be preeminent. Now, if you're going to defeat evil, if you're going to defeat evil, one of the things you can do is go back to a passage of scripture like this. I'm teaching you how to do this on your own, okay? So as you're going through the scriptures and you come across passages that address things like this, then you're going to learn how to extract it for your own good. Because when it says, do not do something, then that actually means that here's something else that you can do. Or when you see this in the world, or when you see this in other people, or you see this in yourselves, how do you counteract that? You, you, you begin to do the opposite. So, so let's take a look at this. I'm just going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. We're going to take that, that verse right here. And in order to do the opposite, it says like okay, this. It says, people will be lovers of themselves. So the opposite, <coughs> the opposite of this is you start looking out for other people, Okay. If you're a lover of money, then you begin to use money instead of living for money. If you're boastful or proud, then you just simply flip the arrogance, switch off, and you stop being arrogant. If you're abusive, well, don't be an abuser. That means physically and emotionally, stop abusing people. (laughs) It's funny because that just reminds me. I'll never forget this. This is several years ago. I was preaching, actually, interestingly enough, on this very passage of Scripture. It just came back to me. Sometimes you're traumatized by things that happen as as a pastor. It's kind of an interesting kind of a trauma. But there was a lady in our church, and she came to to church beat up. And her husband had beat her up a previous day. And I was actually preaching on this scripture. It happened to be in my sermon. And they were sitting just a few few rows back. And and I said, you can't beat up on each other. You can't be abusers. And they got up and left. He says, I'm not going to be in a church that's going to teach me that. Okay, you know what? That's messed up. That's messed up. And, 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 And if I touch on something that touches you, that's God speaking to you, not me. All right? And you can't run away from the truth you can you can run away from a church but you can't run away from the truth so let's let's dive right back into this that was an ugly situation that was a sad situation too uh but if you're disobedient to your parents then you switch it around. You do the opposite. You, you make the choice. I'm going to honor and obey my parents. If you're ungrateful, then you begin to be, find yourself to become grateful for the smallest and littlest and most insignificant, even seemingly insignificant things. You say thank you to everyone. You say thank you. If you're out at a restaurant and a, and a, and a, a server hands you a napkin, you say thank you. Thank you. Give me a glass of water. Thank you. Be grateful. Be thankful. All right? Uh, you, you, you get a ticket. You're driving down the road, and you're, you're speeding, and you get a ticket. You tell that officer, thank you. Now, I have never thanked an officer for a ticket, but I thank the officer for, I always do this. I, <laughs> I always do this because it's happened several times. But I thank the officer for the way that they're serving the community. I thank them for getting out there and doing what they do. Right? Isn't, isn't that a good idea? Yeah. All right. All right. We have a police officer out here in our foyer. Why don't you go and tell that police officer, thank you for what you do for our city. Amen? All right. And the next one is, is, uh, is unholy. So what we do is we do the, the reverse. You're going to just live blameless. You're not going to live in a way where people can, can point things out in your life that's not good without love. And, and that, that's, that's interesting because that speaks of natural affection in this, in this scripture. You're basically just supposed to be nice. Start being nice to people. Be affectionate toward people. If you're unforgiving, then you start forgiving people, especially those who don't deserve it. Now, some of you, you're, you're waiting for someone to say, forgive me. It probably ain't gonna happen, my friend. What you need to do is you become, you, you become a forgiver even before they ask for forgiveness. Slanderous. Well, if that's the case... Then <laughs> you just make the choice that you're, if you can't say something good about somebody else, you're just going to keep your lips sealed. If you have to bite your lips, I'm not going to say anything. I've I've done that before. It's like I really want to say something right now, but I'm just going to literally and I can't say it. It works. It works. None of you would ever have to do that. That's just for me. You know, don't throw people under the bus. Okay. So now I'm showing you how you actually reverse these things and take those traits that are evil, and you overcome evil with good. This is fundamental spiritual warfare in your life. See, it's and, and what it's going to do, it's going to defeat the evil that's there, that's plaguing you constantly. I mean, it's time for Christians in our culture, it's time for us to stop doing the same things that the world does. In today's world, if we don't like something that, or something that's going on around us, maybe we don't even like somebody's culture the way that they are, or we don't like their skin color, or we don't like their political stance or their socioeconomic level or their clothing, what happens in the world is you push them away. You build a wall, and you criticize, and you become harsh toward them, and you berate them, and you condemn them. And and we see it in the world, but my friends, I see it in the church too. And I'm not pointing a finger at anyone, but I'm saying I see it in the church at large. I do, and you do too. That's not how Christians act. That's not Christianity. See, there's no sacrificial love in that because you look exactly like the rest of the culture. And when you look just like the rest of the culture, you don't stand out. You actually begin to blend into what everybody else is saying and doing. You're doing just the latest thing for whatever. And see, that's actually what the Apostle Paul said people at the end time are going to look like. Is that what you want to look like? No, not me. I mean, think about it. You're God's representative on this earth and you are here for a reason and your words and your social posts, think about them. Are they really conveying the love of Jesus? Are you willing to love sacrificially and put your life out there? I think one of the, the, the coolest stories of, sacrificial love uh, from, from the, this modern era is the story of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was, a, uh, he was a pastor. He was a young pastor back at the time when Germany was being overtaken by the na- their National Socialist Party, which we call, the Americans call it Nazis, but it's the National Socialist Party took over Germany and they began dividing people up into groups and segmenting them and pushing them out and then there became pressure on pastors and, and preachers. So what he did is he left, he left Germany Because his friend said, you need to get out because you preach the word and they're going to come after you. They're either going to kill you or they're going to put you into a concentration camp. So he left. He came over to America. He went to England. And God got a hold of his heart. It's like, why are you doing this? Can you not serve your people that are stuck back there in Germany? So what he did, he did he did the unthinkable. He decided to live his life sacrificially and to love sacrificially and to go back to the people that he pastored. He went back into Germany. And he found himself even working as a double agent at that time. And, and uh, he just kept preaching the word. He kept doing the right things. And, and, and uh, finally, he was put into, put into prison. And he was executed a mere hours before the concentration camp that he was in was taken, taken back by the Nazis. But his writings, the, the things he wrote during those years, his writings are precious to Christians today. In fact, some, they're some of the most poignant writings for Christians in today's culture. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is an incredible author. His life was cut short, but he went out there and he did the unthinkable. And as a result of that, there's this, there's this ripple effect that's hit American Christianity and world Christianity because of how he sacrificed his love. He just I'm going to love my people. I'm going to love them. I'm going back in to continue to pastor in the middle of all this pain. That's sacrifice, guys. Yeah. See, sacrificial love, it's really the distinguishing characteristic between us and the rest of the world. It is. It's what makes us look different. Jesus said this in John chapter uh, 13. He said, love one another. Now, that's simple. That's easy, right? But listen, to he gives, he gives a reason for it. He says, love one another. By this, everyone will know You're my disciples if you love one another. So there's this distinguishing characteristic of Christians that we love each other. We treat each other, each other, all right? We treat each other different than the way people in the world treat each other that now that right there if we if we are known, if we are literally known by the way that we love each other, then we, something amazing begins to happen because we 're sacrificially giving we 're sharing our love we 're giving our love to one another it 's different than the, what the world does, and it begins to produce change and i 'll tell you. People will bust down the doors of churches if they can get into a place where people will love one another and literally be real with one another and care about each other because it's not happening in the culture. And it's happening less and less and less out there. In fact, even psychology today says this, it says that our greatest need in life is to love and to be loved. And I happen to know that's a Christian principle. That's not a psychology principle. They took it from the Bible. But actually, their studies have proven, again, the scriptures are correct. See, the, the, the challenge with me, the challenge with you, is that our ego gets in the way quite often of this thing of sacrificial love. Uh, b- b- because humility... It's right there at the core of sacrificial love. Humility is right there in the very center of it. And, and I know we think it's easy to think of humility as being a weakness because, oh, man, if I have to be humble, I'm going to be weak. Well, it's, keep in mind, Moses in the Bible, he's the guy who wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You ever heard Moses? You ever heard of Big Mo, the guy who cr- opened the, you know, had God open up the, uh, the Red Sea, and they walked through on dry ground, Ten Commandments, dude. You know that guy. All right. <laughs> Moses... The Bible says Moses was the most humble man who had ever lived. Now, I don't see him as being sheepish of like, "Oh, OK, let's do what we're going to do. I'll just fade into the background. No, he was out front. He was a leader. He was making changes in the world. He literally delivered a huge nation from slavery. He did it through the power of humility because he knew it wasn't all about him that's a great example of sacrificial love. So it's humility. Paul, when he wrote a letter to a church congregation in in the Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, he says this regarding how we're supposed to act toward one another. And I want you to jot this this reference down, Philippians 2, verse 3. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Rather in humility, see that? Value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests but each of you to the interests of others so what he's saying here is this way of sacrificial love is the ability to compliment someone it's the ability to look beyond somebody's exterior I mean it means looking beyond somebody's beauty or their fashion or their their popularity or their wealth or even their lack thereof you look beyond all of that and you still love you love sacrificially regardless and you do it with Sincerity. Now, at the very beginning of this, I had us looking at Romans chapter 12, verse 9. And at Romans 12, verse 9, it says, love must be sincere. Now, he's talking to believers here. Love must be sincere. So, that, that word sincere means without hypocrisy. It, means, it also means without play acting. It means that you're not going to wear a mask. This is written to, to uh, people in the Roman culture, so they understood this. Play acting, that was a big deal. Dramas, people would put on the masks and they would be these different characters. Come on, you understand. You, you studied that in school. But, but what he's saying is don't go around doing play acting. Now, you can do it as a hobby, you could even do it as a career, but don't do it in real life. Don't put the mask on in real life. That is superficial, and sacrificial love has nothing to do with being superficial uh, what, what we do is we say well i'm going to put on the mask because i want to have this image i want to have this look i want to have the i want to appeal a certain way i want to basically project something that i'm not i'll say it again i want to project something that i'm not and when we begin to project something that we're not that's where the problem begins to arise within ourselves we have become superficial our love becomes superficial have you ever been around someone or maybe in a, in, a, in a social setting where people are like, like oh, hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> I got to go. You ever been in a situation like that? Oh, come on. I'm a, I, get to, I, get to, I get to be around it all the time. Hey. It's it's quite interesting in the community because oh you're that pastor oh, oh, oh God bless your heart yeah thanks uh, he does bless my heart I mean I just you, I mean God love him but what I want, but, but but what we do is we you know, you can't make that happen to another person you can't make another person take off their mask but we got to take off our masks. And the problem is, is when we pretend to be something that we're not, I mean, it creates a huge problem because if you you return that, if you return that toward another person, then you've got two people wearing a mask, faking it, and there can be no real connection between people. Because sacrificial love means that you're going to take off the mask and you're going to be real. You're going to be authentic with people. And when you're authentic with people, your relationships are going to go to a completely new depth. In fact, I'll, I'll just say this, church... Church must be a place where where authenticity really rules. Where we can be ourselves and we don't have to put on a mask. For the longest time, believers have, and, and even people in the, in, the, in the community feel that, well, church is a place where you have to put on a phony mask and you have to look good. and And, so, and, and I don't know, it's going to be kind of hard to do all that. Well, actually, that's not the case. So we need to drop the masks, drop that. That's, that's a religious spirit. I don't want to live by that. I don't want to do that. I want us to be real. Church must be, absolutely must be the safest place where you can take off your masks and not be superficial because when you drop that superficial stuff then all of a sudden you become that alive believer that sacrifices your love and you're going to find yourself flourishing yeah. First Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says this it says above all above all that means above everything love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins you might say well what even about the people I don't like I mean do I have to really love them yeah you do you see, because the biggest sacrifice, the biggest sacrifice is to love someone you don't even like. It is. That's hard. That is not easy. Everyone has a person or two or 10 or 20 that you just don't like. Now, i uh, One of the nice things—I mean, God does give us a little bit of a break there. He says you never says you got to like everyone. Uh, You know, in fact, it's it's pretty clear throughout the scriptures nobody could do that. You don't have to like everyone, but you'd have to love. And and especially, we can love a person you don't like. What what does that mean? That means you're going to drop your offenses. You're not going to shake your fist. You're not going to shake your finger at them. It means you're going to curb your sharp tongue, the things that you say. Sacrificial love means that you're not going to keep score. You're not going to try to base your next reaction out of how the other person responds back toward you. And that's whether it's a parent or a child, whether it's a sibling, a work associate, a boss, a client. We still have to do this. Some of you work with employers that you don't like, but God says you need to love them. You need to love them. Some of you may even go to church with people you don't like. <laughs> but you gotta love them. You gotta love them. You gotta love them. Now, that's in other churches. That's that's only for the people who are online to hear that. But you know what? When I preach all this, truth be told, this is a hard message. It's not easy to do this. If if this were easy, I wouldn't even need to preach about it. But I'll tell you, there is a source that can transform us so that we will love sacrificially and it will become natural to us. And that source is the Holy Spirit of God. Sacrificial love demands, it demands Holy Spirit transformation. One of the reasons we come together and we worship, one of the reasons we even come to church, one of the reasons we get around other believers and pray is for continued Holy Spirit transformation. We need it, my friend. We need it. All of us. We need it. We need it. We need it. In fact, I even took some time away this last week. I was at a church uh, conference that I have to attend once a year and have to attend. But uh, but there's this time before where you're just able to get... With God, And I don't have to be in charge of anything. I don't have to worry about the cameras. I don't have to worry about the temperature. I don't have to worry about the feedback. I don't have to worry about the greeters. I don't have to worry about the lights. I don't have to worry about anything. I just go and just enjoy the presence of God. And and it's it's what it becomes like. It's like like a Holy Spirit jacuzzi. (laughs) Yeah, it's just God saying, I'm going to just, I'm just going to massage you. Pour some of myself into you, and that's what I want us to do. And as I was thinking, how how do I want to wrap this up today? Well, I just want to wrap this up with just a few minutes of of us just—I guess you could call—basking in God's presence, just to sit and soak. (laughs) I like that. Sit and soak. Can you sit and soak for a few minutes? Will you stay off your phones for a few minutes? didn't see anybody looking at their phone just now it's not directed at anybody but maybe god wanted you to hear that can you just turn off everything and sit and soak in the presence of god sacrificial love is christianity i created a little prayer and uh i'm gonna put it up on the screen i know it won't probably have to go through a few little slides but uh But I want you to look at this. In fact, here's what I'm going to have us do is is as we, as I wrap this up, as we just begin to worship and soak in God's presence, I'm going to ask you guys if you'll just take that, these slides of this little prayer and just run them continuously, like change about every 10 seconds so we can just keep seeing this. I want you guys to pray this prayer. This will help keep you engaged in this. But here's a prayer for you. Jesus, thank you for your blood sacrifice today I offer you my body as a living sacrifice I am available to you I give everything I have to you again including my praise my life and my resources may your Holy Spirit flood me so I can love sacrificially and overcome evil with goods it's the Holy Spirit that does it you can't just do this by sheer will I'm going to make myself love, I ain't I love you, it doesn't work that way, God begins to fill your heart, then that love is going to begin to flow naturally, Guys, it's so much easier this way, so much easier this way, actually, I want you to sing this song, and while she's singing, you can sing along if you know the words, I don't want to put the lyrics on the screen, just keep the prayer on the screen. You can listen to the lyrics, listen to the words. I want us to take about five minutes of soak in God's presence and just ask for the presence of God to flood you. Will you do that right now? Come on, just ask the presence of God to flood you, flood your heart, flood your life. You're going to leave here changed today if you do this. Come on. situation ask for his help ask for him I believe that God may be speaking to some of you to do something even today that would be very much out of character for you. And you feel the Holy Spirit saying, do this, do this, do this. You're gonna need to act on it. Act on it. God, I want our lives to be filled. God, we confess that we really can't love in that way without your Holy Spirit. We can't really love like this unless we have your power, your spirit, and your mind in us. We ask you to flood us with your presence. Flush out the junk. Flush out the attitudes. Flush out the arrogance. Flush out all that stuff that makes us really so ugly and do the things that we don't want to do. God, you've called us to be a light in darkness. You've called us to be a witness to others. And your word says that we will be known by how we love other believers. So God, let us be the people who do that. Love, love, love in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ. discovered your street of influence whether it be family government business arts and entertainment faith health and vitality or education head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today